brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. to another episode of Chanel in the City on iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Chanel Amari, and we got a very exciting guest today. She is one of my favorite stand-up comedians right now and the star of Nick Cannon's Wild and Out on MTV. She's also the host of the awesome podcast, That Time of the Week, airing on all podcast platforms. You can also check her out on TikTok and Instagram at SoMaddieSmith for upcoming show dates and her hilarious content. Please welcome the funny, the beautiful, the talented, my dear friend now, Maddie Smith. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for the intro. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for being here. You're super, first of all, I just want to tell you, big fan of your comedy. I think you're awesome. Love you on Wild and Out. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, how's it been since quarantine? Because you've been doing the most, I feel, out of like a lot of the comics I've seen you know, oh. during quarantine, um, no shade, just saying like, you know, love your hustle. Talk to us. How are you? You know, I'm pretty good. How quarantine, are you? <laughs> quarantine was the most horrifying year of my life. I can't even begin. I haven't begun to process it. Mm. I'm just glad. I think like on the other side of quarantine, you're like, whatever happens now, bitch, I did <laughs> like yeah. what I was supposed to. And they're like, is another lockdown coming? I'm like, I don't care. Mm. I don't care about anything <laughs> yeah. anymore. So I think that's why I do all that content because you're like, if stand-up goes away again, we're cooking on, on, the, on another end. Right. Yeah, talking about that, do you believe, I mean, there's a lot of politics where stand-up comedians, we all take our craft seriously, but yeah. then there's TikTok and Instagram comedians, you know, that really also take their content seriously. Do you feel there's like... um you have to be one or the other. Yeah. So talking about that, the content, Instagram versus, you know, stand-up comedians, do you think that that's transitional? Do you think you could do both? Like, talk to me about your thoughts with that. You can definitely do both. Well, I feel like this is only my thing. Yeah. I started with full stand-up, like no internet stuff until last year. And then when things reopened in April or so, I did have, I do have a hard time balancing both of them. I think it's a lot easier mm. if you pick one. The best stand-ups aren't on, aren't making little videos all right. day. And the best Instagram people, it doesn't really usually translate to the stage. No hate at all. That's just what I've noticed is people that focus on one thing are the best at what they do. But unfortunately, I think the reality is if you want to sell out rooms and you're not on a, you're not on like 
SNL or Joe Rogan, you have to like do the internet thing. So that's pretty much it. I feel like it's a necessity. Yeah. I do know on days where I'm like fully focused during the day on like making content that my stand up at night is feels a little lacking. I, I think there needs to be a right. way if you're a stand up to start making content, like carve out time during the day, but then also remember the ultimate goal is to continue doing stand up. So you don't want it to take away unless you start doing content and you're like, oh, no, this is what I want to do. Then go right. ahead, quit stand up. We don't care. We need right. more. We need more spots anyway. Yeah. Um, but there is like, there's a brain thing for me where if I'm on like TikTok all day, I get on stage and I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Same. I'm still yeah. learning to like maintain each of them. It's it's pretty hard actually. No, I love the honesty because like, right, you do it so well and you're saying like, listen, it's not that easy for me. Cause I was gonna ask you like, what, how do you prepare for stand up Like right before you get on stage? Like, cause I love your comedy. It's very relatable. Uh, it speaks to a lot of single women like me and just dating, you know, you talk a lot about that in your set. What inspires your set? Like, have you had that for a long time? Yeah, I feel like I've always just tried to speak about shit that happens to me. I've never been like observational, like mm. what's the deal with, cause I'm always in my head. I will never notice anything unless it happens to me. Right. Do not ask me my take on literally any issue, national or international. Everyone always comes out with a hot topical joke the minute something happens. I'm like, I don't know. I'm still focused on um, how much weight I think I've gained. In the, you know what I mean? I'm like always focused on my body or something like that. So I admire people who are out of their heads more. So that's always been my stand-up is just like thoughts that come to me, which ends up being relatable, I think, for women because we're less observational and more like, mm, does he like me? Yeah. Uh, is it okay that I'm a psycho right like yeah. am I can I eat bread for this meal like a constant like am I allowed to eat bread that's pretty much all we focus on is can I eat bread I I ate bread yesterday so maybe not right. I'm getting away from that but that's been like the past 15 years of my life has been um bread oriented uh, content <laughs> me too I mean have you have you had issues with weight mm -hmm. over the years you have yeah. So that's in interesting because you lost a lot of weight, right? If, if yeah. you don't mind me, if you want to talk about this, because, yeah. you know, it's a big, I mean, it is a big deal, but it's not in the comedy world, more in the entertainment industry, you know, because I come more from reality background and it was always like, you know, if you don't lose 10 pounds, you're axed out, you know, things like yeah. cutthroat things, you know, so talk to us about your journey about losing weight and how you yeah. felt in comedy. Do you feel like you're being treated differently or... I don't think so. I think when I started, when I started stand up, I was like over 200 pounds. I'm like, I was like a late heavier person. Really? I was like thin throughout college, then a little bit thicker, then lost a lot of weight in college and then gained it all back. Cause that's how it works. Yeah. And I gained like 70 pounds senior year of school. So I was like carrying this extra weight. So I feel like that's different when you're like a younger fatty, when mm -hmm. you when you when you gain it later in life you're like what the hell is going on here a total out of body experience because you are just paranoid about everything and you're like depressed and you're eating because you're depressed and you're depressed because you're eating and then I started stand up and within like a year and also moving to New York just like walking and I think like finding stand up and having something else to focus on and I talked about this on Ari Shafir's podcast there's something that helped me 
actually lose weight was just starting to eat normally. When you get cut in that like weight gain thing, it's because you're like trying to restrict and then you eat everything at night and then you enter that cycle again. So I broke that cycle, started walking in New York, started, I found stand up, which made me feel more fulfilled. And then within a year, I was like down like 50 pounds, but it was like more passive than the years of trying to do diets and stuff. Yeah. Well, also probably the stand up gave you a workout too. You know, you're running from club to club, right? And then even now I do six shows and I'm like starving at the end because we start at five and we end at 11 and you're like, oh, fuck. It gives you something to do because literally I'm, I'm literally like addicted to food. I, food brings me more pleasure than sex. And so just having spots to not eat during it, this is the only reason I do stand up is to <laughs> distract. I wish I was like, um, I don't know. I always wish I was like a health guru. Me too. You know, yeah. I start getting into eating healthy and they're like, I'm just like obsessed like vegetables and I'm like I try for a day and then I'm like fuck I know I'm like obsessed with fast food that's my fucking problem yes I like need to go to McDonald's like anonymous like hi I have a problem so good right oh Taco Bell oh so fucking good you know Taco Bell is not that bad for you out of all the fast right I had a fucking quesadilla last night I was like okay there's a little protein yeah and it's not that greasy I mean you know I agree I think it's one of the better fast food options yeah so that's that's so when did you decide you talk about stand-up in new york mm-hmm. where are you from originally buffalo Ooh, love nah mm-hmm. that's why you're so cool and chill okay yeah now i get the vibe like okay i'm like how did you become so cool can you teach me <laughs> um, in a very cold place where there's nothing to do but make your friends laugh inside oh there you go people from cold places are funnier because all they can do is hang out inside and like make up crazy games and because you're inside for most of your childhood. Yeah. Like I was going to say, were you always like the class, like comedian kind of like from your, with your friends, were you always the one who made them laugh? Always the one who like started the life of the party. And the friend, I always had like friend. Oh, I was also in musical theater in high school, which is like Mm. for being the class clown. Cause you can be bad at musical theater, but if you make them laugh off stage, they're like, all right, we'll keep her in. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then the, you know, all the, all the gays and they laugh easiest crowd ever. Yeah. So that's, I was always like the funny one in, in those groups. And then in college, I quickly became like the funny one in all the groups I was in. That's awesome. And then when did you figure out like in New York, okay, this is what I want to do. Stand up is like my love. It's like something I want to go full force. I think so I lived in Rochester for a year after graduating college. Mm-hmm. And when I lived there, I was like, I would love to try stand up, but I never did because in Rochester, like literally the city is so small that if I tried, everyone would know. But then when I moved to New York, I was like, okay, there's no parents here. There's no, there's no one. Like if I go up and I do badly, no one will ever know. You know what I mean? It's like that yeah. fear of failure. So I was like, I'm in New York. I'm in the center of comedy, Amy Poehler, you know, like UCB, like all these places. And you're like, I'm going to try it here. And if it doesn't go well, no one will know. Luckily, my first mic went well. And I was like, I knew pretty quickly. All you have to do is keep getting up. Right. I think I read a lot of articles before I went to my first (laughs) mic about like how to, I think I read like a lot of 
like how John Stewart got his start and like right. the common denominator was like they just kept going up and so right when I did my first one I was like okay I'll just keep going and for the first like year I was like delusional not delusional but you're like if I just keep going it'll pan out so my mom would be like are you getting paid for like what's going on here and you're like I swear to god it'll work out I don't have that blind faith anymore now I'm like I don't know what's going on but for the first like few years of doing any art you have to be like if I keep going it'll be fine well yeah I mean it's it, I mean, I would say it's worked out for you, right? Because you are successful yeah. now. You are getting booked on a lot of shows. You're, yeah. you're one of the hottest comics in New York, which is pretty hard to do. Like, to be known, yeah. to your name's dropped, you know? People are coming to you for shows. The MTV spot on Nick Cannon's MTV Wild and Out, which you're amazing at, is awesome because yeah. it showcases all your talents because you rap, you yeah. sing, you you know, people don't know that. I, I know that because, I mean, I'm, so, I'm sure a lot of people know that, but then there's some that they're like, oh, I didn't know she has such a great voice, too. Oh, you know? Totally. So it's like, it's cool to see that that pays off, you know, like I look at that and I'm like, I still am in the game because of people like you. I'm like, you know what, maybe it will pay off. You know, maybe I won't live with my parents at 37 years old. I was wondering about that painting. I said, you know, is that your choice or is that? (laughs) I wish I had that kind of, that kind of money for some ugly rich motherfucking paintings. You know what I'm saying? Some Italian villa. I don't even know what that is. is. Yeah, it's from Italy. (laughs) How did you know? My dad's like obsessed because he used to work in Italy for like six months out of the year. He used to design shoes. And so he's like obsessed with art. So he used to like buy, I guess, paintings from there. And yeah, so okay. I'm at my parents' house right now. Mm-hmm. I, I moved back like during quarantine. Yeah. And, I'm, and they're also, they're like, my mom's like this Jewish woman from Brooklyn. She's like, I just don't understand. Like, what are you going to do with this? Like, when, I mean, when, are you going to live off of us for your whole life? Like, right. when are you going to marry a doctor? Like, you know, they, they don't get it. You know what I mean? It's so hard, especially in traditional households and not even like the Jewish thing. My parents were just like nine to five, like no creative, no even inkling of wanting to have like a non-traditional lifestyle beyond a nine to five with a salary and benefits. Yes. You have to like be confident in yourself. And you also have to be like, you also have to not care when they ask beyond the family there's the extended family there's friends who are all kind of like settled down or like when I was starting they were like pursuing grad school or like getting their 401ks kicked off and you have to be like I know it's very non-traditional but I stand by myself because there's a lot of judgment that comes with pursuing a creative lifestyle I'm so happy that's beautifully said because like I'm I'm happy you're saying this because now that you're successful, it's almost like you could look back and say, this was all worth it. I mean, do you remember a time where some of your friends were not believing in you and were like, okay, Maddie, like, when are you going to give this up? Like, when are you going to make your big break? Like, has that ever happened? Let's take a break right now to talk about and shout out our sponsor for this episode. We want to give a huge thank you and shout out to Girlfriend Collective. That's right. Wide leg jeans, chunky sneakers, everything old is new again, right? Girlfriend Collective means that literally they turn plastic bottles and other waste that would end up in a landfill into something new to wear. How cool is that? Working out is hard enough, so you may as well make that you're wearing an easy decision. I don't know about you guys, but you know that I always have a hard time, you know, keeping my outfits in track, picking out working out clothes, 
clothes, not knowing right from wrong. And I like things to be easy. That's what we're here about. Chanel in the City, we're all about making things easy and on a budget. Girlfriend Collective makes sustainable, soft, supportive activewear that feels as good as it looks so you can look forward to moving your body in a budget because that's what we're all about. That's right. Have you picked up a very niche hobby this last year? Rock climbing, maybe pickleball, stationary bikes. All I do is like to wear these cute outfits to the gym, bitches, because I am single, ready to mingle, and that's a good way to just get Girlfriend Collective and feel sexy in your body and start hitting on that guy you like. That's right. That crush you wanted. That's right, girl, because with Girlfriend Collective, you're going to get that guy. Trust and believe. It keeps you confident. It keeps you feeling sexy. YouTube video workouts. If you had to get creative to keep active, Girlfriend Collective has you covered with sustainable, supportive, active wear girlfriend. Girlfriend Collective creates responsibly sourced active wear for everyone from a size extra, extra small to six extra large. We know we like our plus size models out there, Chanel in the City girls, because I am a plus size girl myself. It's very comfortable. You actually feel and look slimmer in these workout clothes. That's what's awesome about it. They've got you covered from head to toe. Fine pants with different compression levels for ultimate comfort. I don't know about you guys, but also like I sometimes have pain in my legs, so it helps with the compression. Supportive and soft bras and underwear, workout dresses, joggers, sweats, beanies, and even cute slide sandals. That's right. It's about to be spring, you guys. You gotta break out those side sandals. And Girlfriend makes their items in your go-to staple colors, but also make fun, bright colors and new seasonal releases to choose from. They also also have a garment take back program called Regirlfriend, which I love. So once you're done loving your pieces a long time now or like, you know, a long time from now, you don't like wearing it, you're sick of it, send them back to be upcycled into new girlfriend gear. So you're giving back because that's what we're all about, guys. We are here to give back and be creative. Feel good in what you wear, whatever you're doing with Girlfriend Collective. For all the Chanel in the City listeners right now, you are going to get $25 off your purchase of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash Chanel. That's right. $25 off $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash Chanel. And you're going to thank me later because you're going to feel hot and sexy. And if you don't work out, at least you'll get a boyfriend out of it. All right. I want to give a shout out to our next sponsor of this episode, Truebill. I love Truebill. Let me tell you why. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. Because you know how you get all those emails? You're like, what the hell did I subscribe to when I never subscribed to this? Or if I subscribed to it, I was probably drunk or whatever or desperate. But Truebill takes care of all that for you and makes it easy. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. That's right. We're all about saving money here on Chanel in the City because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. You don't even have to worry about it. I don't know about you guys, but I'm always on the go. I'm always, I can barely get my life together. So I don't remember what I'm subscribing to or unsubscribing to. And I don't want people to just be taking money out of my account that I don't have. Truebill protects that for you and they prevent that for you. Truebill concierge is where and there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. True Bill has over 2 million users and it helped save them over $100 million. That's right, $100 million. It's insane. And you don't even have to fall for those subscription scams anymore. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash Chanel. That's right, truebill.com slash Chanel. Go right now, truebill.com slash Chanel. It could save you thousands a year, all right? And I'm all about saving you money, guys. You're gonna thank me later. Join Truebill right now and take back financial control. Go to the App Store or Google Play today and download True Bill today for free. That's right. It's also free and they're going to save you money. True Bill, take control of your subscriptions and finances. Now back to the podcast. 
there wasn't there was a, like just like a lot of like mom stuff of just like so what's what's the next what's the next step and you're like I keep going until I get booked on something and I, how do you tell your parents like everyone in New York loves me how do you convey that like older people don't believe it until you're on tv or you get a late night set yep. you know what I mean? you can't be like no literally like everyone loves me everyone's everyone's loves me you know so I think the getting the wild and out was like the biggest affirming thing for them um friends at the beginning I mostly just lost all my friends in New York because when you start doing comedy, you, you feel like I have to do, I have to go up every night. I have to say yes to everything. Now I'm way more loose, but I don't have any friends. So I don't, ha I can't say, <laughs> I literally only have stand-up friends. But at the beginning, like my friends and I were, we're 24, 23. And so there'll be birthday parties on Fridays. And I'd be like, I'm almost there. And it's like 2am and they're like, we left. And I'm like, okay. And then slowly they stop inviting you to stuff. And then you find out you're, they go to Maine and you see the pictures and you're like, okay, cool, no problem. And then now all they do is watch my Instagram stories, you know, like it's hard. Yeah. I only have friend, non-comedy friends outside of the city. I think when you live in the city and you do comedy, you flake on too many plans and then they see you at one. Also, I made the mistake at the beginning of inviting all my friends to like my first show and it was horrifying and it was a terrible show. And then they like never really came after that. Right. They don't get that. Like, you're always going to have like a bad moment, full, yeah. like, you know, ups and downs in comedy, whether you're amazing, you could be the biggest G in comedy. I mean, Robin Williams yeah. had his bad moments, you know, Dave Chappelle, yeah. everybody, the greats have, they don't get oh, that. They want you to be like knocking it out of the park. Probably, you know, same with me. I have crowd and, and like, yeah. So I think in their minds, I'm still as bad as when they saw me years ago. So it's like, whatever. Right. But at the end of the day, you realize your values at the time were more to focus on this career than to have like a social life back then. And I read a thing that was like every seven years you have new friends. So I try not to feel regret about it. I'm like, those were my friends from that time, from my college years. And now I have new friends. And then maybe in 10 years, I'll be like, oh, my God, it's so weird. I lost touch with all of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's true. I mean, it, it also makes you feel like us less lonely when you talk about this stuff in an open, because, you know, you never talk about it. Everyone's like on the go in New York. You think you look, look at social media. You're like, oh, she's doing great. But you're right. Like, it is hard. It's hard to it's very hard to have friends, a relationship. I mean, also, you've managed to have a relationship, which is so cool. I love watching yeah. you and your boyfriend. He's, he's a, a, com com he's so a comedian, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but it's, that makes it easier because like we work at night together and uh, dating maybe a nine to five guy would be really hard. Right. Cause I was going to ask you, what do you think of comedians? Some people say, oh, don't date a comedian. Some others say like, I feel like it would work for me because of the schedule, yeah. because of the creative, the, the, you know, out of the box, you know what I'm saying? They'll, they get it. They just get it. They don't second guess it's, you. You just have to get with someone who is stable, supports you no matter what isn't toxic and that's outside of comedy too everyone's like don't date comedians i'm like don't date jealous toxic people you know because even outside of comedy like if andrew my boyfriend was like you got wilding out why how come i didn't get that the equivalent of that would be like a boyfriend who's like you booked wilding out i'm never gonna see you again you know like it's the same so just don't date toxic dudes yeah that's a really good advice exactly <laughs> like 
it's yeah. especially in comedy i think there can be a lot of like oh she gets more he gets more insecurities between the two so it is a dangerous route and then when you break up there's bits about it and people everyone knows your dirty laundry and so i do think it's good to and be very cautious i like that and how know do you yeah sorry say that again I know that there's consequences on the other side if you break up shit yeah right like him talking about your uh no kidding so i was gonna say my yeah. smelly vay jj and i really don't want that on the fuck yeah you're right or him going up and be like my ex never wanted to have sex and i'm like oh boy here we go <laughs> that's my thing he's like him realizing i'm i'm just like not very sexual lately so really is it me too i because i'm on antidepressants so i think that's it lexapro that's me too yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I love it. I'm like, do I, do I give up the, the sexual for this amazingness? Like, what do no, you think? Keep it and then figure out how to work. Work around it, right? Yeah. Did you figure it out yet? Like how to work with it or? No, well, I'm also like pretty stressed. So that adds to it. And um, no, I'm just like, even at just like, I feel like in a relationship, sex like takes a back burner for me once you live yeah. with someone like it's really hard for me to be like i don't know they say i'm not in my 30s yet in october i will be 30 they Ooh. say in your 30s yeah is when things liven up sexually so you do i'm 36 i mean you get yeah. you def i'm like definitely i'm like where was this in my 20s more and <laughs> now i'm lonely so this doesn't really help you know what I'm saying <laughs> this is dangerous i'm like an Uber oh. motherfucking driver won't fuck me you know that's oh. how you because you get so desperate and yeah. it's not like we're men some you know listen we're trying to get that equality now but there's still that misogyny of like women trying to use men just for sex that doesn't always happen like my guy friends are like oh you can get laid anytime you want it's not that easy for all I mean for all women I mean you know what I mean so yeah the Lexapro it's actually not that easy lately right it's been weird lately it's like it's like very yeah. weird it's like you have to be like Adriana Lima I'm like listen I know. I feel like the vibes between men and women lately have been really off. I feel like there's a war going on. Yeah. I just know every TikTok I post about like a man, like so many men come through. Crack that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And take it so personally. And they're like, this is why women, blah, blah. And I'm like, the war between men and women is like stronger than ever. Well, yeah, like you said, even like in general, like just being jealous, like that's what I was going to ask you. Like, if you ever felt that jealousy where a man, a boyfriend or an ex was like, why did you get that? Or like, why did you say that? You know? Never currently, not really. I've had some men in comedy. I heard them like talking behind my back about like, oh, well, you know, she only gets that because she's a woman and blah, blah, blah. But never like to my face and I do pretty well where if like someone said that, I'd be like, you're kidding me, right? Right, yeah, like you're good, right. I'm sure you have like a strong, yeah, they wouldn't talk to your face. Yeah, I'm like, I, yeah. And how do you cope with that mentally, like mental health wise? I don't really care. I'm like, I I get booked a lot and I do well like 90% of the time. And when I don't, I can talk my way out of it and still make it funny, you know what I mean? Like even if I don't do well, I can still be like, oh. So it's like, you're just being insecure. Right. I like that. Lately at being like, like flipping it on people. Like if someone's talking about you, it's projection of themselves and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. That's so true. My therapist just said that. Yeah. It's, 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 I'm taking it in, you know, like it's, it's hard to take it in, but once you do, it's true. Yeah. It's true. And you're like, thanks for thinking of me. And then if you're like, oh, they should talk to me. And then you remember, oh, I should talk literally everyone. So two-way street. Right, true, true. For you offended by someone else, you're like, that's just green room talk. Oh, I like that green room. Yeah. Right, because like, I was going to say, like, in the community, in, within comedy, there's sometimes there's bullies. Like, I've experienced it. I don't know if you've experienced it where someone's like, oh, you're not, you can't get that or you're not going to ever get there. I like your attitude about, like, well, just block out the noise. Like, why do you really care? Why do you really care is the question block it out yeah why do you really care when I have my own path and Mm -hmm. we're cooking and I also have like a tight group of friends that at the end of the day everyone's just co-workers I think because we're personalities on stage we think we're all friends and it's like no bitch you're a colleague (laughs) (laughs) the truth yes I felt this I swear to god the other day with my therapist I'm like I just wish we were just literal about it. Like we're just business associates. And then mm-hmm. it would, then we would be less offended when like someone's hanging out with this one. You know what I'm saying? There would be less jealousy because it's like, oh, we're just like you said, we're all colleagues. Oh, okay. We're okay. colleagues. If people are hanging out, it's like the equivalent of like their department is going to happy hour after work. Yep. Yes. And you were invited because you were on a different assignment. And when you realize that you're like, okay. I'm going to strengthen my other relationships actually, because all you guys, the other thing is like when you're whole, if I quit, like then I would lose all my friends, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause all of the friends yeah. are in standoff. Yeah. So you can't, I feel like being like, I want to be best friends with everyone is like, why? True. That's like the people pleaser with some of us probably when we were kids, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you're right. Cause why, why I want to be best. It's true. Mm-hmm. Lately, I've just been trying to do my stuff. Obviously, be nice off stage. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to go in and be really cold, but like, just do your work. Work first and then, you know, focus on getting the photos at the cool bar after. Yeah, I like that. That's great. 
I remember yeah. also once you said we were doing a show at the stand and you were on, we were on together and you said in the green room, which was like always stuck with me. You're like, be undeniably funny. Just yeah. like, be undeniable. Like undeniable. it's so, so true. So when you get stuff, people are like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So true. So the best yeah. advice ever. Yeah. That's it. Then, then people can say what they want or also have like a goal for yourself. So like, if you're like, I feel like we form fit around audiences too much and we're like, oh, it's a hot crowd. I'll do this material. But if I have like a goal and I'm like, I want to get this bit done by the end of the night, you go off stage and you're like, okay, a lot of stuff didn't work, but that one did. And that was my only goal. And if odd, if comics are watching, they don't know what my goal was. You know what I mean? So and true. Out of that, like, oh, they saw me not do well. Well, they don't know that I'm working on something. That's such a good way of thinking though. Yeah. Such a great way of thinking because you're right, yeah. they're never going to know, and then you're going to get to your goal, and then who cares? Because yeah. we're always like form putting around, or even beyond audiences, like comics in the back of the room. My thing, yeah, my fear, my biggest fear, yeah. I, know. I want this one to think I'm funny, I want yeah. that one to think I'm funny. If yeah. they don't think I'm funny, I'm never going to get booked. I don't know if yeah. you get that fear, but I'm struggling through that now. I get a lot of that, and um, some like I've been at the stand more lately, so like upper guys will be out there and I'm like oh boy another sex joke he's just gonna think I'm another girl doing you know what I mean yeah so I'm like, totally clothes on, clothes on clean clothes on clean you know <laughs> I think Mark Norman once complimented me on a clean joke I did and I'm like oh that's what they like you know <laughs> like when they're like, the women are clean you're right you're right honestly when I whenever I do a clean joke I'm like yes win yeah win so but I've I don't know I'm just over I love like, it Sorry, yeah, go on. It's an art to knowing who's watching and then also just focusing on yourself. There is an art to that, I gotta yeah. tell you. And I think I think with you, it's not even like blowing smoke up your ass, which you do deserve, you deserve a little bit of some <laughs> ass kissing, okay? But, you know, cause you've come so far, but you, I think you could see it through you and your content that you're more of a leader, less, less of a follower. You know what I'm saying? And so that's yeah. really cool. I think that's what inspires all like other comics or, even other entertainers or just people in general to like look up to you because you give that like, I, I wish I had the like, I don't give a shit attitude. I do, but it's kind of kind of like zero to a hundred instead of consistently totally. even killed. Do you know what I mean? You're like more consistent. Like I, I'm cool. If you like yeah. me, I'm cool. If you don't, I'm cool. If I have a good moment, I'm cool. If I don't like, yeah. that's the attitude I think everyone should have. Cause then everyone be happy. I think it evens out though. Cause I used to be very like, ah, are you kidding me? that was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. And, um, or like, or like even the high from a good set rocking around like a fucking drug addict after a set, like who wants, who wants to go out? You know, just like I've evened out where it's just like, yeah, that was awesome. Have a good night guys. Yeah. Like, um, Derek Gaines is really good. Like I saw him murder at the stand. He was like, yeah, they were pretty fun. And then I, I seen him kind of like still do his set for like kind of a bad crowd. And he's like, Oh yeah, have a good night. And you're people like that. You're like, okay, the goal is to be, I always think of like younger comics. And when I started, I would see people flip a shit after a bad set. And I'd be like, okay, that is horrifying. <laughs> I'm always like, if someone's starting, if there's a new comic in the room, how do you want to, how do you want them to turn around and be like, you know, who was pretty cool about not doing well, Maddie Smith. You don't want them to be like, she flipped a shit. Yeah, you're right. Actually, that would make you cooler. That right? does make you like more accepted, right? Because you're like, 
you bombed and you're cool with it, they're not going to like make fun of you more. They're going to respect you for that. That makes sense. Or even just like, I remember when I started, there was a girl who was like, she would have a great set, but like one joke, like fine, fell flat. She would literally get off the stage and be like, fuck. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and you have to like show other people like, this is a fun, this is the funnest job anyone right. could ever have. Shut up about one thing not working. This per- perfectionist thing is like horrifying to me. Yes, like the whole like, you gotta get every joke, it has to be a punch. And I'm like, wait a minute, what about like, there's also comics that story that are storytellers that are mm-hmm. funny. There's, you know, like Dave Chappelle, his, his whole thing is not a punch every mm-hmm. joke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how do you feel about that? I mean, would you say that you always wanna be punchy or you it's, it's not about the perfection when it comes to your jokes, like? I've learned it's less about the perfection and more about you conveying your style in a uniform way. Like last night I was in a New York County club. The crowd was super tight, but I had a good set because I was kind of in my element and I was like giving more spice to jokes I didn't even know was there because they were like laughing super hard at some stuff. And I was like a little bit more pizzazz. And it was not the best set I've ever had in my life, but I went away feeling super happy because I was like, oh shit, I was like really in my element. And I felt very like in my own style up there versus um, when I like murder, but I'm just like saying jokes. I feel more proud of a joke, of a set with some spice and a little bit of riffing. And yeah, well, that's definitely Maddie Smith up there. And I feel like ultimately that will take you further than focusing on the perfectionist, like laughs per minute. Mm-hmm. Cause people, yeah. and also like when I started in New York, it was all about like, who's the best on the show? Yeah, but who did the best? And I'm like, shut up, this whole competition. Yes. People laugh. Everyone's yes, the competition, laugh. man, it's killing me, yeah. Especially when, cause I've been through shows where I did amazingly and was the best on the show. And I've been in shows where I'm not the best. And so to focus on that, obviously it's awesome to be, to have audience members like you were easily the best. But then when you do a show, when people say that to other people, you're like, uh-oh. And to put your focus on that is not sustainable. So I think the perfectionist thing can destroy your mindset rather than like, how can I have fun up there? And and yeah. So I true. Yeah, I don't think the perfectionist and stand-up will get you that far. That's liberating. That's, like, good advice. Because I think yeah. people are very stuck on the formula. Oh, my God, if I don't get this packed down, then I can't be a good or solid stand-up, you know? Yeah. Audiences don't even know. They don't care. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They don't even care. I had audiences members say to me, like, um, not even like you weren't the funniest but like you were very unique like such a unique style and you're like hmm interesting so even if you don't do the best if you're true to yourself it's more important than like trying to be someone else or trying to form fit for whatever room you're in yeah how do you feel about original jokes I mean do you write your own jokes right like do you um does it just come to you or kind of like every day you're writing and then you form it after like a while it comes lately i've been doing kind of like the bits on tiktok and then i'll try to bring those to the stage i just filmed like a mini ep at nashville in zanies at nashville 
And so that was like a bunch of material I got rid of that had I'd been sitting on, you know, and I just got rid of that. So now my sets are like kind of all over the place because I have all this new stuff. Um, but pretty much like if something funny happens to me, I jot it down and then I'll put it on TikTok. If it goes pretty viral, I'm like, okay, I can put this on stage. Sometimes it doesn't translate. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you have to add a little bit more punchiness to it, but that's been my strategy lately. And then other times I'll just think of stuff and jot it down, try to get more personal. Lately, I've been talking more like the EP I did was like drinking, sex, like living with my boyfriend. Yeah, that's the, when you talk about the boyfriend, your boyfriend is hilarious yeah. because because so you're putting good. something vulnerable out there and he's funny with you. And it's just cute to know that like not everything's perfect, right? Everyone Absolutely. wants to know that not everything, yeah. like when you do the whole young money, there's something that the Chanel City audience should oh check out on your Instagram. And I, yes. that really helped me through like my breakup that recently happened. And I, I watched it, Maddie, you made me laugh so hard. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's so good. It's brilliant, too. Like, you're super clever, and that's really hard to do. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm sure you wrote that before, right? And then you yeah. practice it. I wrote, wrote down the little notes. So it's a funny video. It's you, you talking about some fan. Like, I'm sure you have all these fans are going to get to the Nick Cannon, like, you know, show because of the Wild and Out. I have a, Talk to I us have, about that a little bit. Like, what inspired yeah. that video? That was just inspired by people literally messaging, leave your boyfriend for me. <laughs> and you're like, I, you do not want to be my boyfriend. I swear to God, it's, it's, it's a beat down job, you know? It's grunt work. <laughs> You got to bring me water. I wake up at 11. I look like shit in the morning, you know? I don't know why not, you're beautiful. Um, but yeah, I get a lot of interesting DMs and that's pretty much it. That's that hilarious. That video, yeah. A lot of, a lot of weird DMs, both did on you, TikTok and Instagram. Did you get them? So did you get them always or after, mostly after being on MTV? Like before okay. Wild Out, I had maybe 4,000 followers. And then the episodes started dropping in literally January, 2020. Then the quarantine hit. So they all came during the quarantine. 
so I spent this whole year trying to figure out because it's a unique audience. Yeah. It's not, I don't, you know, Jared Freed, right? Mm-hmm. Love him. Yeah. He was on the podcast. Oh yeah. He has like a great audience of women and millennial women. So anything I say to them would be like murder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But wild and out audience is very different. It's very, it's younger, obviously goes without saying super black. And so it took me like a year to kind of figure out like what's going to land the most with them. And it's, I guess now it's pretty similar to what I would do with an audience like Jared Freed's, but I think the format of it and like doing those little videos hit more than anything else I ever tried. Totally. Because it's now you're like appealing to the masses, you know, the masses. but it took a while. That's why when people start trying to do social media stuff, they get discouraged. I'm like, you have to, it's like stand up. Like it takes a minute. And, but then once you get your groove, people are like, oh, okay. I was on TikTok for a year and only recently have my videos started like slapping. And then now I get comments that are like, you're my favorite TikTok, but it took a minute. So I do think people get discouraged easily because you don't hear an audience laughing you don't have other comics in the back being like, can I book you on this? It's like a pretty lonely road when it comes to social media. I love, I'm, I'm in awe of like Instagram famous comedians. Me too. I know. I don't get, cause I'm, I was even ask you, like, I'm sure the content, you have to build the content and practice it. You're not like, Oh, one day, let me do the, let me do nope. this. It doesn't work like that. Some like, people, I some. think, yeah. but that's very, when I'm alone, I feel very, naturally like no thoughts like no creativity so I had I really admire people who just get on there and they're immediately hilarious or have a lot of ideas they're like more introverted so they always have ideas coming out but I am not like that well what about well with wild and out did you get discovered so how did you get into that process was it because of your videos on Instagram or more your stand-up or how did that go because of the roast battles I do I did in New York I'm kind of retired now, but the roast battles I did between 2017 and 2018, I guess. I do oh, like yes, a I've heard of these roast battles. They're yeah. iconic. Mirror Comedy Club, The Stand, Fight Club, which is another show. And so I saw a post that was like, wow, and I was looking for roast battlers and rap battlers. And I was like, okay. So I auditioned and then long story short, I pretty much got hired. I auditioned, got called back, auditioned for another week. And then I was on my first episode a week later. During that process, like people got cut and it was like a full 10 days of auditioning. Wow, how was it um, meeting Nick Cannon and like talking with, like just working with him? I mean, that's pretty iconic too. It's pretty cool. He's actually super famous. So he's pretty like in and out. He's like six feet away, six feet away, please. Before the whole COVID, he's like, bitch, black, white, six feet away. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's like, um, He's just very like, um, this season he's been more involved, but before he would like watch the workshops. And then when we actually film, he just shows up right before the episode. We do like a little motivational prayer and then we film and then we see him again the next episode. He pretty much keeps to himself, but I also think he's super busy. I, I think like when the episode closes, he goes back to his trailer and he works on whatever other project is until the minute we shoot it up because he has a million projects 
Right. Exactly. Like people don't get that too. It's like, it's not personal. It's like, they really have a schedule just like you or yeah. me, but you even are getting books more meaning like you have a, you have to go to every show. Let's say it's yeah. not like you're trying to be rude. If you can't spend time with me after a show when you're like, Oh babe, I got to go to this next show or, you know, yeah. nothing's personal at all. Yeah. And he has to focus on making sure that episodes like twice a year, 27 episodes, every single episode, make some noise Atlanta, you know, like, and I've never seen him miss a line. I've never seen him say something wrong. So that's the other thing is like, I don't want to be like, Hey, 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 while he's like, has to do his 500th, 500th episode right. of this. Show. You have to be like super in the zone. Yeah. I guarantee his diet's probably down to a T to ensure that he's like, <laughs> it's probably like, Oh, it's one o'clock. I got to take my carrot juice today. You know? Yeah. How do like, celebrities fascinate me? They have to have like their minutes down with the amount of stuff that they do. And we, oh, yeah. we don't even get, we don't even realize how busy these people are. It's true. That's why I was like, but, but the good thing is I'm sure in the, this is obviously, this is a great platform for you where him and other celebs see you or other big celebrity yeah. comedians see you. And they're like, well, Maddie Smith, she's a pro, she's a G, she's talented, you know, so yeah, there's like the, right. I'm sure it'd be cool for you to like hang out with him or, or just, but that's still cool. That experience. I mean, how was the experience for you? I get enough. I think I did my first episode and the executive producer came up and was like, Nick said you killed. So oh, that's awesome. enough good energy yeah. from him. Yes. And um, we did like in every, um, in Wild and Out, there's always those song games. So you saw, like, I was singing the other day. There's always, like, song games. So this past season, we record, we actually put them on singles. To I think we're putting them on Spotify so people can actually listen to the song. So we recorded them in a studio. And I went to Nick Cannon's, like, studio, and we recorded a song. Cool. And he was like, that's hilarious. Like, he was laughing. And yeah. so he's very You never cool. know. He might have a movie and be like, yo, that Maddie Smith. Remember, she was on my Wild and Out. It always happens like that, you know? I'm saying you literally never know. And even the producers, they could go on and yeah. do something else. There's producers on that show who are 23, who have like a 50-year career ahead of them. Shit. And same thing with like the comedians, like the hair and makeup people are so nice because like what if the comedians turn around and they're the next Chappelle and they're like, hey, I want I want to you to do my hair you know what I mean yeah oh my god you're speaking of your hair and makeup on that show is oh fire so who, good. who does it it's amazing it's so good so good I think so this past season we were in LA I think it's location based the first mm. two seasons we were in Atlanta and I loved my makeup guy there he made me look so good people are always like you look so much different I'm like yeah it's tv well, you're beautiful. First of all, for the record, you're beautiful without makeup. I, I mean, I'm, it might be awkward for, I don't know if you take compliments. I don't very well, but you are beautiful. And you also are fucking smart, cool, talented, kind, all the above. So it makes you even hotter. You know, you don't need to have makeup. But yeah, you look exceptionally beautiful with the makeup. I mean, some people also don't know how to do TV makeup. I've looked like a drag queen before. I've looked like a fucking trans, you know? It's Hard. Not that it's bad. Those that makeup is gorgeous, but meaning like you have to have a certain yeah. You have to have you need yeah. There was one episode I did. I was fully orange. It was my Shit. first season. That's how you learn. It happens all the time too. Like yeah, I, I I turn orange a lot. I and I bring my own foundation. I always say, "Here's my foundation," and they're like, "You don't need that." And then they make me orange, 
and then I have to take it all off and put my foundation on because I am whiter than people think. And that's all I have to say. Were you, how was that with that first? So like the first couple of episodes, was it nerve wracking for you? Were you nervous that like, do you, you know, cause you have to practice the line and you have to have the line packed down. Did people accept you? You know, mm-hmm. did- I was super nervous. I was yeah. super nervous. And, but I was the only one I think who it was their first TV thing. So I was like, we were waiting to run out and I was like, guys, I'm going to be on TV for the first time. And they were like, Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, no, <laughs> no one can like, I was alone. Literally no one in New York even knew I was there because it was a very like, you think your first time on TV that everyone's going to be around you and you're just like standing there in the wings and you're like, all right, I guess here we go. Right. And then my first episode, I had a super good moment and that's when Nick told the producer that I killed. And then from there, I just like made sure to do well every time I had the mic. So every time we... I think consistency more than anything. I do think this past season I fell into like a white girl trope, but that was because we did 27 episodes in nine days. Mm-hmm. So I had to oh, reach wow. for whatever was easiest because everyone was so tired. Shit, so we're filming again in October. So I think I can redeem myself from that falling into that. No, no seasoning on my chicken and flat ass jokes. I think yeah. I can fix that, but um that was just this past season. But anyway, from the beginning, it was very like, just a lot of roasts and really good moments. And yeah. That's awesome. I mean, talking about the white, yeah, the chicken thing is hilarious. Do you think that made the audience because it's predominantly minorities, black, Latinas, Asians, do you feel like, and a lot of white people watch it, of course, but yeah. Do you feel like that's kind of what won them over? I mean, do you try to pick the jokes with the producers? Do you say, hey, listen, I think this is going to work more for in my favor with the audience? Or do you know, how does that go? I mean, it, I know you can't give too much info. Or just like, I don't know. Def- I mean, I didn't think of the seasoning thing until I got on the show and people started saying my food had no seasoning just because I'm white. Um, so um, what was I going to say? I think like, I think like my first two seasons, I was super creative with what I did. But then this past season, like we did a COVID bubble. So there was like no audience and we were kind of just filming for TV. Like we were filming as if it was a movie. So everything kind of got edited. So I think we were just thinking of like, all right, let's just, we did three episodes a day. So we were like, all right, let's, there was like no time to think. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of so time. I kind of was just picking like flat ass, blah, blah, blah. But next season, it's 27 episodes but during a longer time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I have more time to be creative. That's I don't awesome. know. I don't know what the question was. Well, no, you answered. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to ask three questions in one. Don't mind me. Oh, yes. so. Yeah. I'm always thinking... There is like a line between like, oh, this is going to appeal to the audience right. versus like, this is unique to me. Right. And I think I have a big mix of all of those. I do think on that show, it's easy to fall into a trope, though. Why is that? Why do you think? Right. Because I was going to say, does it uh, does it bother you that you're like the white girl? I mean, there is Valentina, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, Valentina. but you uh, are like does that bother you like that you're no, one of the few it doesn't bother me at all more so just when I write stuff I have to be wary of like staying creative right and people can say to me what they want I don't give a fuck as long as it right. gets on that as long as I get on tv that's, that's smart you know that's the smart answer that's exactly everyone's so worried like I don't want this to make me look bad like I remember because I produce also like for reality tv and stuff freelance mm-hmm. and just I was doing Comedy Central once and we were trying to get reality stars to do something. And they were like, I don't want this to make me look bad. I don't. And it's like, no, the answer has to be like, whatever is going to make you on TV, that's the smart person. That's the smart answer. I agree. And they wonder why people on reality TV do crazy stuff. Because, we're, we're, right. They're also rewarded for their bad behavior. Yeah, TV moments. Would you ever do reality? I mean, this, what you do is not, I mean, it's considered more of a competition show, more of a, but would you do like reality TV, like housewives or? Like be a housewife? If you, yeah, if you were engaged or I guess, or, or summer house. Do you watch these shows at all? Summer house. Yeah. I actually need to watch it because, um, my friend Stuart is obsessed with reality TV, but I don't know. I feel like I would be so boring. I'm drama free. So I feel like I would be so boring and not even in the way that like Hannah Burner was like the cool girl. I wouldn't even be that. I would literally just be like, oh, sorry, I missed the party. Sorry. Like, <laughs> I would just be like eating snacks or like at, every time I'm at a party, I'm, I find one person I haven't seen in a while. We talk for hours and then people are like, all right, we're leaving. And we're like, we missed the whole party. Right. I'm like, what? I'm your facial expressions dead. probably would be great though you'd be like the one eating the popcorn I being like i was thinking I was, i've talked about this before like my goal on reality tv would be get the reaction face be the gif that's the reaction and like who's like you know i think i could be like the corner yes. reactionary person well yeah like a lot of comedians or people with comedic backgrounds tend to do better on reality tv yeah. even if they don't even if they're not dramatic, that's what saves them. I think like, yeah, I think I could do it. The hard thing is like when you try to be like, yeah. I don't know, like petty on real housewives of Beverly Hills, like 
she tried to be like, I'm not like these girls. And I'm like, okay, well, now I don't like you. I'd rather be Lisa Rinna than her, you know? Yeah. So there's like an art to like being yourself while also not being like, I'm not like them. Totally. I know. Beverly Hills, speaking of Beverly Hills, do you love this season or have I you watched? I haven't seen the season yet. I heard Kathy's, is Kathy doing good? She's hilarious. She's yeah. like, and she's like a comedian's dream to like impersonate. She's just like. Right. I mean, and parents told her not to do it. Yep. And now she's crushing She's crushing it. I think she'll be full-time. And then Erica Jane's story is just. Oh un- my gosh. I mean, that is, I feel bad. I feel bad. I mean, I'm like to the point where like this poor woman doesn't, it doesn't matter. I, yes, it, it matters. Yes. The poor victims, people had money stolen, but to, to drag someone like this under the mud is just uncomfortable for me. You know what I mean? It's insane. Fall from grace. Cause she was, uh, she was doing pretty well on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it's just yeah. funny. Cause a lot of comedians don't love reality. I mean, how, what do you think it is with reality stars and comedy? Why do you think comedians give so like a lot of my friends who come from reality background and they go into comedy, sometimes people give them a hard time. Do you think it's because it has a stigma, like a negative stigma to it or? Maybe it has a negative stigma. I think comedy is male oriented, so they yeah. don't understand reality yeah. TV and we have to, even though they fucking talk about craft beer <laughs> and sports and stock markets as if that's their reality TV, you know what right. I mean? Um, yeah, I think it's like a male thing. And then I also think there's this thing where it's like, well, you don't actually, I also think there's a stigma against starting comedy with a lot of followers and like getting kind of moving up faster, even though all these people have like put their years in and. Yes. The whole like pay my dues. Oh, I've been in comedy for 10. I'm like, yeah, I've been also 10 years, but you can also be on and off. You could be. I just think the economics of it at the end of the day, if you can sell a room, that's what people want. I used to be like, oh, these influencers go to the funny bone and the funny bone doesn't even respect comedy. I'm like, yeah, they respect money. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. It's all about money. It is. Showbiz is about money. It's about, and at the, I used to be like, oh, and now I'm like, okay, that's the reality. So let's get up to where those, all you can do is try to work toward being that influencer or open for one of them. Yeah. If you don't want to do the social media thing, befriend, um, you know, Bethany Frankel and have open for her when she does comedy at New York Comedy Club, you know? Or Countess Luann, who does her comedy with her cabaret. Exactly. Which, by the way, I was going to recommend you um, because she's looking for comedians. So I did a show with her for Shell in the City podcast on Roni on last season. Mm-hmm. We, we had my comedian friends and I recommended her and she's looking for them. So yes, you're right. You got to take yeah. advantage of those yeah. opportunities. Yes, you have to, instead of being like, oh. I think it's like easy to be like these Instagram or like these influencers are selling out the rooms I want to be in instead of being like oh that's how it works now okay I'll just form fit right like what exactly like just having your attitude is so much simpler and easy easier for them easier for anybody I think in the game it's a sad reality but when like when Andrew Schultz and Tim Dillon are like the biggest comics right now you're like okay I gotta get on the internet yes exactly I was thinking that the other day I swear to god too that's pretty much what it comes down to. And I used to be like, when I started, it was like Amy Schumer was the blueprint. Like she got up mm. and then Comedy Central gave her everything. And now we're all kind of grinding our gears on a hamster wheel. Yeah. Trying also- to convince ourselves that the a million spots a night is pushing the, it does artistically. But if you're tired, I advise you're allowed to step back a little bit like that advice that makes it's liberating to say yeah. that like you lot of step back 
speaking of like new people in the game or just have, who, were, who were your influences uh, growing up, like comedians that you were like, you know what, I want to have that style. I want to be, I want to be like this, even though you're unique, you know, it doesn't even, you know. It's weird. Like, so I never really watched stand up. Even when I started stand up, I thought like it was all the same. I didn't know improv versus stand up existed. I thought Tina Fey was a stand up. When I was in, I, okay, I love, when I was growing up, I loved Amanda Bynes, not gonna lie. I always forget, like, I watched the Amanda show religiously, all that. Yep. Every Nickelodeon, then SpongeBob until for 10 years. And then in high school, hate to say it, I consumed Family Guy, like it was my job. <laughs> and then South Park, and then, um, Later on, and then in, in, right after college, I think I watched Chelsea Peretti's Netflix special. And then that's when I was like, oh shit, I wanna do this. But growing up, I watched all, I watched Awesome Powers at a young age. Oh yeah. Worked, my car was like my North Star for a while. And then just all, like all comedy. Yeah. All comedy stuff. So I didn't really, but I didn't watch stand up a lot until like after college. I didn't even know it like existed. Yeah, because you're also young. So it's like more like the social media was really. Yeah. And also like stand up when you're a kid, you're like boring. But yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. You're like, why is he talking? But like all that or the Amanda show, you're like, this is fire. Yeah. It's kind of cool that it's full circle because what the Wild and Out show for you is kind of like the Amanda show for us now. I mean, because they don't have that. I mean, no no one's done anything like the Amanda show. That was, I used to every Saturday night. That was my religion, you know? She was a fucking shit. And, um, yeah, Wild and Out, like, I don't know, TV programming right now is, the only thing kids watch right now is, like, YouTubers. Right. Yeah. I mean, do you think you want to see yourself acting? Like, do you see yourself transitioning yeah. as an actress? Yeah, I'm very passive about my career, which is probably one of my biggest faults, is being like, yeah, when it comes, it comes. Yeah, yeah. My manager was like, uh, you know, you have to like actively, he wasn't saying like, I'm not going anywhere, but he was like, he, he said like, cause I used to be like, oh, you know, like Mikey Day and Pete Davidson were on Wild and Out and now they're on SNL. So it's just like the obvious next step for me. And he'd be like, he was like, you know, they actually, there is, that did happen, but it, it doesn't mean it's a, like, <laughs> there's more that actively has to happen right. for that next step. And you're like, oh, okay. You're like, oh, it doesn't just happen? Oh, okay, I got it. Whereas this whole time I've kind of been passively being like, yeah, if I do this, then that. So now I'm like, okay, if I keep saying I want to act, how do I, is it putting more stuff on TikTok and that have like impressions of it or making my own sketches or something? So I have been saying I want to act for the past couple of years, but I have to learn how to make that happen. Right. Or maybe pitching your own shows to think people you have oh. contacts with and yeah. like, you know, like an Issa Rae with Insecure or um, Broad yeah. City, you know, they all pitch their own. I know. And they were main and they were main characters. And you have you have the, the chops to say to networks now, hey, listen, pay attention yeah. to me, you know, in, in the nice way that you are not like aggressive mm -hmm. Jewish girl here being like, pay attention to me. They're like, get out of here already. Um, they're like, oh, you had a show. Remember, it failed. It was called Princesses of Long Island. Okay, we're not bringing you back on TV anymore. Uh, but you could do that. You know what I'm saying? There's so many avenues. You had a show called Princesses of Long Island? Yeah, did you know that? I don't even know oh. if you knew that. 
It oh, was. Not, did, did you hear of this show? It was on Bravo. On Bravo, and and what uh, what year? 2014. Very embarrassing. Oh, um, well, for me, because like I came from comedy, so I wanted to be like more on Comedy Central, more on you know more taken seriously, yeah. not really on a reality show, because that's when like everyone's like, oh, she's a joke now, like you're a princess of, like no, I'm not a princess of Long Island. They just named that show, but yeah, yeah. it was an ensemble cast. It was like a mini Housewives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, so it was like it was cool. It was a good experience. You know. You started stand up for that. And then I, yeah, continued it after that, which was a little harder. If it was literally 2020, I know people would be like, cool. But I know. Literally. Because remember that, that was the era, like, everyone was a little bit more sensitive, like, Instagram was, yeah. I agree. And I also think only recently have women taken ownership and come out. It used to be like, yeah, I embarrassingly watch reality TV. Like, I don't like it. But now people are like, no, I actually like watching the Kardashians. Yeah. The girl boss. But back then it was like, oh. It was embarrassing even to be like, oh, I'm on a, I'm on a reality show. I was like, yeah. I was embarrassed of it, you know, because it was more like, oh, not accepted. Right. Not. So annoying. So annoying because you're right. Because you miss your boat almost. It's like, oh, if it was just on 2020, I could have maybe, maybe my comedy career would have been even better, you know? Yeah. But, but everything happens for a reason. Everything happens. Yeah. Do you yeah. believe that? So speaking of everything happening for a reason, do you believe that? I, every time I, every time I face a rejection or like a failure, I'm like, it's okay. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Everything unfolds. I'm, I'm trying to do the mantra of like everything you have is everything you want. So everything else you get will be a bonus. Because I found myself having like pretty vague memories of the year like 2016 to 2019 just because like I was so focused on like well what's next and that's like this depressive state of like and now I'm like chill have fun and when you get excited about your current life you're like oh I can't wait for what's to come that's so good it's such good advice because I, I feel like there's a constant right competition whether yes. it's with others, ourselves, it's just like in New York, this constant, like, what's next? Me too. I'm like, what's next? What are we doing next? And sometimes you're right. You just have to chill and it comes to you, I think. Chill. Stop trying to control the future. I know. So yeah. hard. It's so hard. And it's so easy. I used to, with Wild and Out, I used to, like, um, compare myself to, like, cooler comedians and be like, <laughs> they got that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, shut up. Just yeah. chill. Yeah, you're right. Because it will happen. Yeah. I mean, I mean, speaking of chilling and like 
the react like we were talking about cancel how do you feel about cancel culture in general because i would say like what happened to me was almost like cancel culture before it started but right. like you said we're too scared in especially as women just to talk till now i think now we're all talking we're all speaking everything's cool so different time but like how do you feel about cancel culture like it's pretty crazy i do have a fear of like booking something big and some podcast coming out i've never said anything but i've been on i've been on luis gomez podcast he doesn't care about saying the r word and stuff and <laughs> i'm just sitting there like yeah no so i'm like i don't know at the end of the day it's like it seems less about or there's sometimes i'll go on a podcast and i'll say like yeah i love western medicine and who knows if someone digs that up and they're like wow you american-centric blah 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 like yeah like anyone can say anything right like pick apart anything for you yeah but at the same time it's like everyone's been through the ringer so it's like bring it on if it happens like what's the worst a week of like weirdness and then you have to be you have to have something pretty bad for it to affect you yeah and i feel like comics also we need to unionize a little bit more when someone kind of goes through the cancel ringer and help each other out a little bit. Like there's this taboo of like, oh boy, well, I won't, I won't touch them for a minute rather than us coming together and being like, I could see how they said that. And it happens a lot and let's move forward. We're all like against each other. Yeah, you're right. We We have to unite more. people down downfall and then when it happens to you it's so I don't think I mean I'm I'm on a cast with Nick Cannon who got canceled and then got hired back so I, yeah, I was like, there's hope I'm like if he can go through it he was on national news and then got his show back I'm like I'll be fine yeah totally well that's what I was gonna say to you you seem to have like a sensitive well, because I, I was talking to Judy Gold a while back when she was yeah. saying how, like, she had the book about now people are so sensitive towards comics and what comics say about race. I know your jokes aren't about that, really, but how do you feel, like, if you were going to say that? Like, do you get nervous? Like, I still get nervous, you know? Like, that's yeah. what... Sometimes, but I always remember my audience, like, doesn't even know or care about cancel culture. At the end True. of the day, like, I'm always... If I'm on a podcast and someone says something weird... And it got back that I was being canceled. Okay, well, my audience is from Wild and Out, like the last edgy, roasty show. And they're going to be like, wait, what'd she say? How is that? So I'm like, okay, well, you can talk about me all you want, but I still have my audience. Right. And they love me. And I don't know. And they get me. That's the most important. When your audience gets you and you have that cult following, you're right. Um, it's it's so much uh, harder to get canceled, I feel. You know what I mean? It is. And... Louis C.K. is touring, not defending anything he did, but Louis C.K. is touring, yeah. like, Shane Gillis is at CAA, yeah. you know, like, all you What's have to his do name with his podcast now? Um, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm blanking. Also, who got the harassment with the woman, um, oh, come to me, but, yeah, some of, they're all fine now. They're all fine now. I mean. Everyone's fine, and Shane just started, he put out sketches on social media, and he sells our rooms. Yeah. Really nothing matters. And also, like, I say pretty, I've said some racy jokes on while and out early on. And so you're like, oh, I did that. So what's the worst yeah. that can happen? Nothing happened there. Exactly. No, I feel like you have a very 
very long career ahead of you. I mean, I, I literally see Emmys in your future. And like, oh, now I feel like I'm a psychic. I see Emmys oh in your future, Oscars. We'll see every year. Acting. I mean, I see big things for you. Every, Chanel, every year my trajectory goes from like this to it flattens a little bit. Really? Like, I could see myself uh, selling out Magoobies in a few years. You know what I mean? <laughs> I swear though, I could see you like the lead actress of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I know we all are hard on ourselves. So I know you, yeah. you're going to be more humble when I'm telling you this. And I hope you don't feel that I'm creepy. I just believe in you. I appreciate that. You know, when I, from what I see, you know, line between hoping for the world and also being like, all right, let's look at the reality. I know. Every, yeah. day, every day I'm like, yeah. And then the next day I'm like, uh Oh, clock's ticking and I got to have a baby soon. So I know. I know I'm like, shit, my <laughs> tubes are really closing up. I'm like, closing up. Yeah. I'm like, I should have fucking froze my eggs. Don't have money for that, but it's so expensive, but it's anti-woman how expensive it is. It is you have to have kids pretty much by 40 is like if we could have kids 55 our lives would be so much better and we'd be less psycho with men too like we wouldn't they wonder why we're so stressed psycho like yeah because we gotta fucking get inseminated yeah like time's up guys like shit i was gonna say yeah i mean do you have that pressure with your boyfriend but you're young right you're 28 no i'm 29 oh 29 but still young still young but i don't i feel like so I think that turning maybe 28 was the like when it went from like double digits of having a kid to like we're under the 10 year mark. Mm-hmm. I think that's when I was like, oh boy. Right. You're like, oh fuck, I don't have that much time to, yes. to It chill. used to be like a distant thing and now it's like, oh, we're like one college turn one college stint away from it gets a little too close for comfort. Yeah. When you start <laughs> like looking around, you're like, oh my God, I have so much free time now and it's going away like sand in an hourglass and yeah I don't know but also hopefully it happens yeah like naturally when you want it when it's time yeah definitely and if not whatever yeah if not if I can have kids I'll travel the world yeah that'd be nice I mean yeah that'd be really nice too also let's talk about your podcast because I love your podcast uh that time of the week talk to us about why you decided to start it, why you named it that. It was a yes, quarantine please. project. My initial idea, you know, Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn. My initial idea was like Tough Crowd, but with women. And it was going to be me and four girls. But then COVID. Oh, that's so much like, fun. I know, maybe someday like a TV show, but. Yes, TV show. Right? Featuring Maddie. Yeah, you're the main host and you get your, yeah. old pa- your, your co- comedian girl pals on. Yes, girls. I know. But, um. So now it's me and two guests and my friend Stuart is pretty much the main guest now. So you just feel that one other spot. We just talk about like current events. When I started, it was like smarter. And then we were like, the topics were too smart. We'd be like, so legalization, how do we think? And I'm like, now it's more like, okay, so Britney Spears. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, uh, uh, the Britney Spears thing you have a lot to cover with. (laughs) Because we did not know what we were talking about. We were like, wait, weed is legal or is it? You know what I mean? So now it's like celebrities and current events and celebrities not bathing and funny stuff and white people going down and um, we do segments and it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's hilarious too. You have like yeah. a very, because you have a lot of comedian friends on. So it's like a funny humor spin to it. You also talk yeah. about mental health, right? Yeah. 
And yeah, we talk about that a lot. Yep. Talk to, how do you cope usually with, because you have a lot, go, so the podcast, I don't know if people realize it. They're like, oh, you do a podcast. It's so easy. Like, no, bitch, it's not easy. As you know, I'm sure you do all the work and um, even just showing up, even with the, the, the comedians that do the podcast, that they have producers, just showing up is hard, researching. I mean, how do you do that stand up? How do you do it all? Do you manage? I'm I mean, trying by the seat of my pants because every week when the podcast comes up, I'm like, oh, fuck. Got to do it again. I'm like, <laughs> literally, I don't know. I, I don't know what this is. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it does feel a little bit unsustainable right now. I think I need to, it's also in my kitchen. So, and I'm a messy person. So I got to clean every time they come and like, it's not good cleaning. It's like throwing dirty dishes into the dishwasher and being like, hey, come on in every week. And I'm exhausted. It looks good. It looks though really good. Like a professional yeah. studio. On, yeah, yeah. It's my kitchen. So it's hard, especially when stand-up got back. I'm like, damn, this is really hard. So I don't know. That's the other thing with like all this, like weighing stand-up versus a podcast and stuff. So in the fall, I'll be on the road a lot and filming again. So I think that'll be the true test of like doing the podcast and everything else. And when does the podcast air every, what day every week? Monday. Excuse me, that's a great time. Every Monday. That yep. time of the week. It's such yep. a great podcast. I yep. listen, it gives me so much hope for the rest of the week when I listen to your podcast. I listen to all the episodes. There's great advice on it. You guys are really like, funny. I feel like I'm getting boring as a host. I feel like hosting a podcast is so week after week. I'm just like, yeah, I get UTIs a lot. I'm like, I already said that. I know, but that's really I know, but you're you're a great host because you're so funny. I feel like I'm boring, so I appreciate that. No, you're great. And I and I think the guests help too, where like they're into it and you guys talk about really good topics and there's just like a different yeah. spin. It's not like the regular pop culture, Britney Spears today, yeah. you know, took off her clothes on Instagram. Yeah. Or, um, Britney Spears or like the dating stuff. Mm -hmm. I actually find dating topics to be super boring. I admire people who have dating podcasts because I don't know how you talk about that week after week. Maybe oh, it's just because I've been with my boyfriend three years and now it's just like, do you want to do chicken or fish for dinner? And right. that's cool. Life. There's nothing that thrills me less than should a podcast with a title that's like, should we have a threesome? You know, like, I know I can't listen. I know I'm like, I don't even want to talk sometimes about dating on mine because of that. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I'm like, but you know what's interesting about yours? I actually found, and a lot of people that listen to your podcast, like fans who I've liked, you can find advice through your podcast with the other comedians that you guys talk about. And actually, it's good advice because you're cool girls. Do you get what I'm saying? So, like, and it's like hidden. Yes. It's like not a dating or sex podcast. Like in your face, you know? Yes. It's like, oh, all of a sudden we're veering off into period talk or. Yeah. Like this is like, what happened with this guy who you talked something yeah. about ghosting one time yeah. on an episode that was so fascinating because I kind of never heard what your opinion was on ghosting, what the guest opinion was on ghosting. I have to remember, I think it was it Erica Spear and oh, that episode where they were talking about like. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Yes. So interesting because I, I got my some of my advice from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like tucked in there. Someone yeah. messaged me. She was like, it's just like my friends hanging out. I was like, yep, that's the goal is just... Because every time I'm with my girlfriends, I'm like, we're the funniest motherfuckers in the world. And yet men are like, oh. Yeah, like, do you get that? When I don't get, it's so annoying when men are like, women aren't funny. Or like, I don't know if you still get that. I still get that. Like, oh, get off the stage. It's not really that. Oh, Jesus, this girl is cracking it. And I'm just like, fuck you. If you had the parents I had, you would be okay to be on stage not having anyone laugh. It's so every time I'm with girls, even if it's new girls, even if I'm with, in a group of girls, I'm like, we're the funniest. Actually, my friend Stuart, who's on the pod, um, we started a Man on the Street series that's coming out. And our first episode was asking people if they think men are funny. And all the um, we had so many funny moments with women where they were like, li- literally every one of them said, sometimes it's like over and over and over again. And so that's going to come out soon, but there were so many funny moments with like women in the park, just us vibing. Yeah. That's, that's the thing is like, we have to unite, like you said, more together because it is a boys club, you know, what do you think we need to do though more to have it even kill, even with the boys club respecting us as comics, like female, like how do we get, how do we change more and more? You think from your opinion? I think, um, I don't know. I think, I just think we need more women. I think shows need to have more than a token woman on every lineup. So it doesn't feel like you're carrying the weight of every woman comedian. And, and so that audiences don't say the woman was funny, you know, like it needs to just be like a lineup of more women, I think. Mm-hmm. So yes. that if you don't, if you have kind of a weird set and every other comic on the show isn't like, the girl was weird. You know what I mean? Totally. I feel like there's a lot of like listing of like, yeah, there's like no funny. Oh, you know who is funny? Like, I don't know. We just need more of us yeah. to even it out. There's so many dudes. So many. I know I try to book my shows really mostly predominantly with women. Yeah. Not to, I love dudes too, but just I try yeah. to, you know. When you're on a show with a, I feel more like, like if I know, if I'm on a show with like Sarah Tolomash and she's there, I'm like, oh, I, I love feel her. Good. I love like vibing with the girl after and being like, that was weird, right? Or like, that was fun. And then being like, you were so funny. When it's just me and guys, I'm like, I feel very, not at a club, because at a club, I can hang with the bartender girls. And yeah, I did a show a couple of weeks ago and the energy was so masculine. And it was like these young, like 22 year old guys. And one of those like alternative venues where it's like a fourth floor, like showroom for sneakers. And like the lighting was purple. And I was like, ooh. Oh, I know. It's so masculine and there was no other women on the show and I was like hey, book another one so I can right. vibe with it's like that's super cool of you though like that just shows how confident you are in your craft that you're like I'm cool with sharing like I, I want more I, women like I need more. when I show up as all the booze I'm like I know, what's your name again I'm like shut up 
I know. I love when they mispronounce my name too. They're like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm like, fuck you. We're just, yeah. I thought we progressed here. You know, like yes. I thought I mattered. Booking only one woman, they forget. Like I want, I want another girl to vibe with. Yeah, that's cool. That's true. Like booking more than one. It's hard though, because everyone is so booked. That is in a booker's defense. It is hard to book women because we're all on the road yeah. as well. I do think more of them need to start. And also I've heard a lot of women be like, oh, it's just like so many men at the open mics and it's hard. I'm like, just go up and leave like, again, with the having a goal and like only focusing on that and not caring. And like, oh my God, I was, I was gonna say, sorry, say that last line again. I didn't mean to interrupt, say that. Just pushing through, just pushing through. I have a funny story. I don't know if like, so it pertains to you. I think your ex, I don't know. I didn't, I, so I went to a show. Yeah. And there were a few guys from open mics and I don't like to do open mics anymore only because I do them a lot and they kind of fuck with my head before a real show. Some people like it. I just don't because you have a lot of male masculinity in there. Guys just don't like me and I've accepted it and that's fine. You know, we don't have to fight every time. So anyway, so I'm up. So I go to a friend's show thinking it was a regular show, but it ended up being like an open mic show. And some of the guys were there and I I think he's your ex, but I forget his name. Um, I forget his name, but something I'll tell you after we, I, we could also edit this out, but I just wanted to share with you. And yeah. I think like I almost got into a fight with him because he was like not laughing. But then mm-hmm. I realized it's not his fault. Like they're just all weird. They're all in their own head. Was it Dan? Yes. Oh my God. They're all in their own head. Also, he's. I know. I'm so, I was like, I was like ready to, you know, my lung out. I'm like, let's take it outside, motherfucker. And I'm like, Chanel, what are you doing? Who cares if they think you're funny or not? Like, no one cares. No one cares. Oh, too. At a show, I, I'll, if I enter the show in a weird state, I'll end, find myself spiraling on stage. And you're like, Chanel. yeah. Chanel. And also, what do you care? I know. You're right. I don't know. I was, I was like, should I share this story with her? It's funny. I could edit this out. But I'm like, as I remember, like, the only reason I thought that was because someone was like, oh, I think that's Maddie's boyfriend. And then someone's like, no, it's her ex or something like that, oh which I, I think it's hilarious that that's even, it's like you're a celebrity, you're Kim, you're Kim Kardashian. Hilarious. It's hilarious. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that pertained to that. I realize it's not him. It's just everyone's in their own head I and the poor guy. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. Well, speaking of exes, is it a good feeling that now you're like, that you're big, like they see you out there or has it like never been, like have they always been supportive of your boyfriends in general? Um, yeah, I don't really care. I don't really think about them that much. You know what That's I mean? That's good. I used to work, there was like one guy who totally like ruined my mental health for a couple months, a few years ago. And I, I would be like, I have to get famous so that he'll regret it. And then you're like, he doesn't care. Right. I, used, I used to work out of spite. And now I'm like, I could not right, care. I could, he doesn't care. He didn't like you. That's all that, that's all that. I, I used to be like, let me show everyone from high school how cool I am. They don't care. Everyone loves their current lives. Everyone likes their suburban life. I'm always like, how, bo-, I used to be like, how boring it must be. I'm like, they probably like their house. They, they like being inside on weekends and they like going on trips when they can. That's such a good, sorry, my, my dog's barking. My oh. We all we all live like they probably think I'm so cool. They're not thinking about you. You're so right. That's such a. Do you understand how amazing that is? How amazing advice that is? Because we do all think everyone thinks of us, but when we take that pressure off, 
yeah. you're right. We can have fun. We don't care anymore if people like our craft or our art or not. You know, it's becomes it so liberating. It's liberating. No one cares. You're right. No one gives a fuck. I used to be like, I made a mistake of having a my one of my mom's siblings, aunt and uncle, and nephew my cousin come to one of my shows early on and it was at the stand and like a bringer and it was like I was like six months in I did like dirty stuff and they're like catholic so they're conservative mentally but socially not nice people you know what I mean like very conservative like keep Christ and Christmas bumper sticker on their car and I guess they were super unsettled by I didn't even have that much sex stuff I had like one joke about how money turns me on so much I I would wrap a dollar bill around a dick or something something like not even like a green joke about money and I guess my uncle said to my sister's ex-husband but at the time husband they went golfing like a year later my uncle was like I could never see her again after what she said and in my head for the next years I would be like I'm gonna show them and now I'm like they don't give a fuck they spend six months in Florida. They have, I shouldn't have had them come out because they are conservative when it comes to women. They don't want to hear women talk like that. And now you're working out of spite for what? So true. That's so, no, it really is profound because like we all try to work. We all are guilty of it. We all work from spite. I've done that. Oh, my ex is going to see me. He used to tell me I'm not funny. Now he's going to see everyone accepting me and all the, everyone saying I'm funny. Who cares? You're right. Who cares? Like, who cares? Literally, who cares? You know, like, I was like, I'll show them. I'll show him. Right. Show him what? (laughs) You got an MTV show? He doesn't know what that is. So stupid. You're like, who are you working for at the end of the day? (laughs) Right. At the end of the day. Like this extended family in Jersey that you literally never see. And every time you see them, it's weird. Like, shut up. It's so weird also how people are like, it's so weird how most people are conservative still. And they're like, we don't want to hear a woman talk I dirty. I don't know what it is that. It's so weird. I'm going to Long Island on Saturday, actually. Oh, my hometown. Which What part? Bohemia. Ooh, nice. I love Bohemia. It's awesome there. Oh, that crowd is going to go crazy for you. You're going to get a rush. I was there. It was, they were pretty conservative. In McGuire? McGuire's, yeah. Usually, I thought millennials though they have like a lot of younger. Maybe some, so. maybe different nights. Maybe it's like a diff, like Thursday nights. I know the club. Yeah, at the like, McGuire's, right? Yeah. So well, last time I was there, they were pretty. But I haven't been there in a couple of years. I always like to like revisit a room and be like, oh shit, it wasn't the crowd. I was just maybe kind of weak on the road. But I'm right. going there on Saturday. But every time I go to Long Island, there's like a men crush men crush and then I get up and there's like a little bit of like what are you doing <laughs> the Karens of Long Island yeah the, they're so fucking they're wearing like rhinestone bell-bottom jeans with like a pointed heel and yep the bleach blonde and you're like I love I love like I love it they're like bad people but they're conservative it's yeah it's so but it's like you said it's like projection almost because I think they really want to be up there free yeah. to talk but they yeah. can't you know what That's I'm saying okay. it's all about image for Long Island yeah. oh my god she didn't make me look good you know my mom's running thing is like oh my god what is the community gonna think about you you're so crazy going up there talking about this you know oh so crazy it's awesome it's 
it's like so funny to me. I'm, I'm actually, I used to dread going to Long Island, but now I'm like, let's bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. And you know what? You, the best, I think it's good to perform on Long Island stages yeah. because if you can really make those people laugh, you're like, or not laugh, I could do it all. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? You could do anything. Yeah. Tough Long Island and casinos are my hardest crowds. Well, casinos. I was going to ask you, how come? Why do you think casinos? Because just. I think that's an inherently conservative crowd. People who go to casinos on a weekend are generally are not the most liberal people. And then on top of that, uh, I mean this in the nicest way, not the most intellectual people. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm incredibly highbrow, but in Manhattan, I do really well. Yes. Every time I do the main room at the stand, that's like the most Manhattan crowd you can get. I crush. And then casinos, they're a little bit like, ooh and yeah you have because your jokes are smart it's true you have to be smart to get it i mean and on stage i'm like i'm the smart one you guys aren't smart and so it's hard atlantic city really hard crowds but that is how you get better i have found that like new york is getting a little bit too easy for me i mean i don't mean that in like no i know but i feel comfortable and i heard nate bargatze on a podcast once he was like I realized I had to move out of New York when it was getting too easy. I was getting too comfortable. And so he moved yeah. to LA where he had to like start over and re-impress people. And so that's why I like the road gigs now. Cause I'm like, it, I'll go back to New York and feel stronger. Totally. And, and, and that's the thing, like New York's your home. You, you'll go, you'll come back. You can always come back to New York. Yeah. Do you have any upcoming shows you'd also like to plug as well? Cause I know you have a lot of shows back to back in the next few weeks, including my yeah. show. Yes, 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 yes. Next Broadway Thursday. comedy club. You guys, you can see Maddie Smith yes. at Broadway comedy club, September 2nd. And where else can they see you? When does this come out? Well, actually I'm going to put you before I'm going to probably try to get it out next week. Okay. Yeah. So Broadway but if not, then the week after. So if I have to cut it up, cut it down, I'll cut it down. So I'm going to do, I'm going to be in Seattle. Actually, I'm going to be in Connecticut. Saturday the 18th. Okay. Seattle 24th to 25th performing at the Annex Theater. And then I have a Philly gig Wednesday, October 6th, headlining Punchline Philly. Nice. Awesome. And where can they get tickets? Can they go on your site or just go to Punchline Philly for those ones? Punchlinephilly.com. And then same thing. Yeah, just follow me on Instagram. Yeah, anything else you want to also talk about coming up for you before we wrap up? Like anything we should look forward to? I know the man on the street or woman on the street, we're looking forward to that. That's going to be cool. That's going to come out. It's actually called Sluts on the Street. So that's coming out. <laughs> and then- um, You love I how I'm dancing I- to no music for you? Yeah, okay. And then that. December, I think my EP will be coming out and that's just filmed at Zany's. And I think it's it's going to be on like Sirius and then- the video will be on like YouTube and my Instagram and stuff. Perfect. And then one thing, oh, we like to always ask our, um, our guests, where, where's a place that you like to go to a restaurant in New York city oh. or just a place you like to escape to or that inspires you that we should check out if we're ever in the city. Oh, let me think. I love, yeah. as I've said multiple times, I love food. Yeah. I escape. Um, I like where have I been lately I don't know I like everywhere I told my boyfriend to take me to Carbone for my birthday Carbone is ill yeah 
what's that? Make a reservation now because it's coming up in October. So oh, when's your when's your exact birthday? October eighth. Ooh, are you a Libra? Yeah. Happy early birthday! Oh my God, that's amazing! I yeah. love Libras. You have to make the reservation quick because yeah, I know they, they book quick. So I've never been there, but um, I don't know. I love. I'm in Astoria, so I go to a lot of Astoria restaurants. So. I go to a place near me called Milk Flower a lot, and they have really good wood fire pizza, which is my latest craving, and um, a place called Astoria Seafood that has the best seafood in Astoria. Oh, I love that. That's great recommendations. I love Astoria, by the way. Love, yes. Love. It's really good food. A- I love living like near good food. because I used to live in Brooklyn, and I just feel like the portions were small and every restaurant was like Korean, American, Mexican fusion. I'm like, shut up. And Astoria is a little bit more straightforward. I love food too. If you ever, I, I would love to take you out for your birthday. Like after you're done with yes, plans, we, can, we should go out like, and you know, cause I get also comped at certain restaurants for like the shell in the city. So we can like enjoy, you know, that sounds great. Just we're no small Island. portions, you yeah. know, but we're in Long Island. Do you live? I live in Great Neck now, but we actually, we're, I'm moving to the city, um, okay. hopefully, God willing, like in the next two weeks, so okay. Upper East Side. Awesome. So at least I'm close, closer to you, like for a yeah, story. Right right? My mom's from Belmore. Oh, that, oh my God, I love Belmore. That's so funny. I used to have a crush on a guy who lives in Belmore. Really? Bel- yeah. That's so funny. So your mom's a Long Island girl. Yeah, but she left, she like fled to Buffalo for college and then like never came back. Ooh. But when she's around her family, she like, her Long Island accent gets stronger. I'm like, you're like mom. She, <laughs> she like has not been to Long Island at all. And so, if one of my friends, she'll be like, "Oh, where in Long Island are you from?" and and they'll be like, um, <laughs> they'll be like East Seabrook or whatever. And she's like, "I don't know where that is." Yeah, because you haven't been there in literally thirty. <laughs> it's part of her identity when she wants it to be, but she hasn't been back in literally 50 years so funny that is hilarious it's a good impression of long island you should do that on your stand-up because that's a really I good know, impression i should but yeah she went to mepham mepham high school oh yeah my yeah. so my some of my best friends grew up in belmore they went to that high school and because yeah. in long island if you you can all if you're all cool it's like they all hang out the high school kids you know what i'm saying there's not like one click of like one town it's kind of like every town comes together yes i used to invite all the belmore kids to my house parties here you know so it's like yeah, yeah that's cool it's cool yeah um before you before we wrap up one more question if you don't mind okay. do you want can you share with us um maybe one obstacle that's happened to you in comedy or in this industry that you were able to overcome mm-hmm. and then any mental he- any mental health tips you can just recommend for us mm-hmm. to work with um if the going gets tough you know anxiety all yeah. that stuff i think one obstacle was um, one obstacle, I got a lot of, I rose pretty quickly. So one obstacle I faced was that feeling of like, um, feeling like I wasn't good enough for what I was getting and also doing well when I was supposed to. Like I had had a JFL audition that I did well, like the crowd was awful, horrifying. And I, I kind of, I still got super nervous. And at the beginning, I couldn't control when I did well. Now I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at batting high average. 
but at the beginning when I got past at the clubs it was like hit or miss for a while and I would panic I was like I rose too quickly there was like a two-year transition of I even told the booker I was like I get jealous of comics who are still working on their stuff but aren't at a club on a Friday night feeling like they need to deliver so there was a transition and all I had to do was like kind of push through and continue writing and not let it there's a lot of people who get stuff fast and then they um, kind of fall off because they can't keep up or they're, they can't put in the work to deliver. So all, is, all you can do is keep working through it. And if you have a weird audition set or a weird showcase, know that there's one in the next year. That's good. There's always another, because at my JFL thing, I was like, oh boy, what a terrible first impression. And, I was like, and then you're like, you just go audition again. That's and my biggest fear too. It's like, oh my God, that one time they're not, yeah. No one, again, no one's seen coming. So it's like, I remember I did a this Hoboken comedy festival like nine months in and one of the judges was the booker of Stand Up New York and the other was the owner of New York Comedy Club. One of the worst bombs of my life. And I remember thinking that night, like you fucked it up. And then within a year I was passed at both those clubs and I had been able to redeem myself because I got in front of the Stand Up New York booker and then the booker at, at the owner of New York Comedy Club to this day is like, when I first saw Maddie, boy. But I remember thinking after the Hoboken Fest, like, you fucked it up. This is why. But then when I had more, ch- you always have another chance. It's true. It's, we forget that, but I'm so happy yeah. you're saying that because it's yeah. true. But if you let yourself be like, oh, man, and wallow in your feelings, like, yeah, you'll never grow. But if you use it as like, okay, I got to show them. I can do it, then you'll move forward. Love that. And all you can do is crush. If an industry says no to you, but you still crushed, you're like, whatever, their fault. I remember I auditioned for Clusterfest, that Comedy Central thing. Yeah. Destroyed my audition set. And I wasn't even that bummed when I didn't get it because I was like, that's on you guys. That's like a- So true. No. But that's also what probably helps you with your karma getting MTV. When you feel confident about yourself, you do get another opportunity. I know. And when I, after that audition, I was like, I know that I got that. I was literally so confident. And then the same thing. I was like, if I didn't, it's on them because I crushed. Yeah, you're right. Wallowing is not the answer. I wallowed for a long time. Yeah. With the reality show not succeeding and, yeah. and you know, that can fuck you up mentally. It you can. Know? We can get that into that. Maybe one of these days, I'll hopefully, if you invite me on yours, I can get into that. But, totally. you know, it's it's great that you're strong-minded and that you're giving us this advice because I think the audience needs to listen to this. They look up to you. I know my audience follows you. They love you. They're, like, so excited you're on the podcast. They're like, oh, my God, you got Maddie Smith. Like, yeah, she, she DMs me. Like, cool. Like, I'm like, you know, I didn't know. You don't know how people are going to be. You know, you don't know if people are – you're very cool. Like, you're very down-to-earth. You were super nice. Thank you. Like, is this really her or is this her boyfriend or is this someone fucking with me? No, I'm just kidding. I'm very very nice. Nor, Although I will say my goal is to have someone else manage my social media at some point. I know. It's It's so easy. How fucking awesome. Pamela Anderson posted like her final Instagram. She was like, I think I'm done with social media books and the outdoors interest me more. And she logged off. I was like, that's the goal. I cannot be posting Instagrams on when I'm full. I mean, that must take so much time though, right? Because it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. It's like, it's pretty much a nine to five and then you get up and you do stand up at night. Yeah. 
And it's like, you don't even always get paid for it too. It's like, it's a nope. hit or miss too. I mean, sometimes yes. it's not even a goal to get paid. The goal is just right content. Yeah. It sucks. Well, so Maddie, thank you so much for being here. Where can everybody follow you? You're, you're seriously amazing. I'm an amazing human being. I love you. I'm excited for our new friendship or our I'm, new, our new colleague friendship. <laughs> colleague. Sometimes colleagues can be a little closer. I let a couple people in. But in okay. September, I'll yes. let you know about a podcast. I'm going to be out and about a lot. October, I'll be at Wild and Out. So hopefully we can get you on before cool. then. But um, find me at So Maddie Smith on all medias. And then if you guys want to come out to a show, I post everything on Instagram. Yes. So make sure yeah. and make sure you check her out. MT, Nick Cannon's MTV Wild and Out. Yeah. And really, the I love your podcast. Um, that time of the week yeah. on all podcast platforms. And thank yeah. you, Maddie. We love you so much. We're rooting for you. I just can't wait to see you on the big screen more. It just makes me so happy. I love seeing your videos on Instagram. Keep inspiring. Really, you're inspiring a lot of people. As are you. Oh, I hope. Thank you. With my crown. No, I'm just. Hey, everyone. It's Maddie Smith. You might know me from Wild and Out on MTV. And I'm here on the Chanel in the City podcast on iHeartRadio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.